Section five of the Rover, Volume One, Number Twenty Four. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Rover, Volume One, Number Twenty Four, edited by Seba Smith and Lawrence Labrie. Section five life on the gulf of mexico by e k sketch three the pestilence ye who reside in princely dwellings surrounded by all that wealth can produce to cheat life of its cares from whose view the shadows of existence are carefully excluded ye whose abiding places are the summits of the alpine ridges of life catching the first and retaining the last rays of the glittering meteors that mislead and delude ye whose manners are polished as the ice and whose hearts are hardened by prosperity into the impenetrable glaciers ye who have never descended into the rugged declivities of the lower region of this moral mountain know not the privations the self-denials the resolution necessary to perform the toilsome pilgrimage in submission and without repining early in the fall of eighteen hundred and thirty-four a brig might be seen making her way into the beautiful harbor of pensacola as she neared the town her sails were lazily furled and an air of languor seemed to pervade her crew whence she came no one knew the yellow flag of the health officer was nowhere visible the authorities yielding perhaps to the enervating effects of a long summer or lulled into security by years of uninterrupted exemption from disease had ceased to inquire of the whereabouts of newcomers the arrival therefore passed unnoticed the winds for several weeks had been from the east bearing on the unseen pinions the malaria from the swamps on the escambia river these swamps are some twenty miles from the city at the mouth of the escambia and in ordinary times were never thought of but a continuation of easterly winds seldom failed to excite anticipation of evil among the old inhabitants of pensacola on a sultry morning soon after the arrival of the above-mentioned brig which by this time was known to be a french merchantman last from vera cruz a, a boat might be seen passing to and from the shore loaded with the bedding and clothes of the crew these were deposited and sunned on the beach immediately in front of the town the easterly winds sweeping over them in their progress and gathering to their unseen store the odor and effluvia shook out from cabin hold and cargo of this dread visitant no notice however was taken of this procedure of the brig or rather no interference was made by those whose duty it was to watch over the inhabitants bonjour jose how are you this morning 
ah madame i know like this wind and what for de french sailor's son dare beds on shore it is no good madame the health of pensacola at the time to which we allude had been so extraordinary that months elapsed without a death occurring among its inhabitants mournfully and startling therefore sounded the funeral note proclaiming the decease of merced wife of our neighbor jose but two of her children followed in the procession to the church it was customary upon these occasions to array the body of the dead in their best attire not only gloves to the hand but shoes to the feet if a young person flowers were strewed over the coffin a bouquet in the hand and a wreath encircled the brow the coffin covered with white cloth ornamented with blue ribbons remained uncovered until after the solemnities were gone through the in church and the procession ready to proceed to the graveyard the four ribbons extending from the corners were several yards in length the extremities held by four young persons male or female according to the sex of the deceased if a girl the bearers were all clothed in white and veiled at the moment of leaving the house a candle wrapped round the end with paper was handed to every individual in the procession upon arriving at the church these were blessed and the corpse nearly saturated with holy water this was also sprinkled over those assembled near it according to the means of paying was the value of the crucifix borne aloft by the sexton the officiating priest bearing in his hand his missal recited aloud the prayers for the dead the richness of his robes and those of the acolytes corresponded to that material of which the crucifix was made this was either of solid silver decorated with black crape or of wood painted black the tolling of the bells was in unison with these distinctions for the rich at the moment of departure the three death notes pealed forth at the moving of the procession and again in the evening immediately succeeding vesper if the deceased was an elderly person and a female the attendants were shrouded in veils of black crape no change being necessary in their dress for it was always black the reason given for the non-attendance of merced's other children was that they and their mother had been performing a penance of uncommon severity that she had fallen a victim and that they were so much exhausted as to be unable to leave the house in two days however they left the house borne to the church on the shoulders of their companions i stood at my door as the sisters for the last time occupied a space in god's holy temple sympathizing truly with their bereaved father that night an ague seized me and then for days fever and delirium reigned triumphant so burning was the heat and so altered my appearance that my infant rejected nature's nourishment and would not even look at me our only physician was on a visit to the north his apothecary's shop in the meantime was left in charge of his wife and during her necessary absences to a mulatto girl this curiosity shop we propose to sketch in a future number two ships of war were in port and my husband at once endeavoured to procure the assistance of one or other 
of their surgeons the difficulty of finding them on shore was great my husband therefore procured a small boat and went on board the soliciting the attendance of her surgeon this gentleman promised to visit me as soon as practicable and in the meanwhile prescribed in accordance with the described symptoms the next day he called and left prescriptions to meet certain changes which he predicted the next day he did not come on shore but dr called in his stead leaving his prescriptions to meet a crisis as it might occur four times in five days these gentlemen visited me and by their skill in foreseeing the certain changes of the disease together with the best of nursing from my husband for i had no other i was rescued from the grasp of the destroyer he in whose hands are life and death blessing their endeavours during my illness our children were all indisposed remedies were given and they escaped a severe attack our second girl however refused all nourishment and all medicines likewise she would be regularly dressed every morning and stretching herself out on three chairs for our habitation was very small absolutely starved out the disease and recovered as soon as the rest it was known at this time that the crews of the ships of war were suffering from sickness several deaths occurred on board but the eyes of our people seemed blinded to the truth it was a solemn sight the procession of boats from the ships the broad stripes and bright stars of his country's flag enfolding the coffin of the humblest sailor and appealing to the hearts of his countrymen in that far-off land for the sympathy he had relinquished at his own hearth for their sakes several families were watching with anxiety their different members succumbing to the disease which as yet had received no name no death had followed those in jose's family and imagination had a powerful influence in unnerving those who were attacked at a later period dr macleod an assistant surgeon in the navy was at this time invaliding at the navy yard and it being known that the town was without a physician he applied for permission to volunteer his services this at first was refused and but reluctantly granted upon the reiterated petition of our citizens my husband was now attacked and became so violently ill that apprehensions were entertained of his recovery dr macleod's attentions however were unremitting and in the end successful the sickness was now so general and the doctor's health still so feeble that it was necessary for him to ride from house to house a horse was therefore kept saddled day and night and lonely and terrible was the sound as that solitary horseman galloped through the streets at the midnight hour for his speed was sometimes for life or death in an old spanish house was now lying the corpse of the schoolmaster and when the friends assembled to bury it which was in a few hours after death great was the difficulty as to the manner of bringing out the coffin the staircase was so narrow and steep and the turning so abrupt it was impossible to descend it a strong rope was therefore procured and bound firmly round the coffin a plank was then placed against the front gallery and down this it was carefully lowered to the ground the bells of the episcopal church tolled forth its solemn requiem with the first sound my husband sprang from his bed and in spite of all remonstrances 
dressed himself and putting on his overcoat staggered into the street to ascertain as he said whether he were alive or dead it was god's mercy that he was not also borne out to the place of the dead the terrible words were this day proclaimed yellow fever was among us so long as no name had been given the disease with one or two exceptions yielded to medicine but now a visible destroyer could not have struck down more rapidly his victims the tolling of the bells had so injurious an effect that they were prohibited so that when they again sounded for a funeral it was the signal of deliverance in the deep dark well bright stars may be seen shining at noonday in the dark and trying hour of adversity and affliction the gems of the human heart shine forth miss in from adverse circumstances and through the entreaties of some of our most respectable citizens have been induced to open a school for young ladies after a toilsome summer the vacation had now commenced and she anticipated several pleasant excursions in order to recruit her health one of her pupils boarded with her at the house of our pastor this young girl was taken dangerously ill and being an orphan her case excited general sympathy extreme illness in the house of her relative major w prevented them from rendering any assistance she was therefore cast upon the tender mercies of strangers the clergyman and his wife being recently from the north were terrified from their propriety by apprehension and when called upon to pray with poor fanny as we supposed in her last extremity he would not enter her room but knelt at the door and she reclined upon a couch utterly helpless not so miss n night and day her hand smoothed the pillow of the sufferer and her hand administered the soothing draught or refreshing beverage to cool the parched lips at length the crisis approached one morning fanny broke forth into inarticulate muttering gradually her voice assumed a clear tone and she told distinctly a narrative that had interested her the tears rained down the cheeks of miss n for well she knew what this ray of reason betokened as the tale drew to a close fanny's voice gradually lowered her limbs were stretched out her arms laid straight by her side the eyes closed the jaws became fixed and rigid and to all appearance death had transferred the orphan to her parents i was requested to go to the stores and procure whatever was necessary for preparing the body for burial and the old nurse of fanny had gone for assistance to lay out the dead mrs w her aunt came rushing in from the bedside of her own daughter who was but just emerging into convalescence to kiss for the last time the cold lips of the dying at this moment my husband and a friend who had witnessed much of the yellow fever in new orleans came in and after looking attentively at what we supposed the corpse said she is not dead and she will recover this is the crisis let her not be disturbed and in a few hours she will revive strange as it may appear without moving a muscle the body gradually assumed an appearance of life a mirror held over the mouth became clouded the heart resumed its pulsations and before midnight fanny was able to partake of slight nourishment although feeble herself miss in during this anxious period had been entirely deprived of her natural rest and it was only when relieved by some friend that she snatched a few moments repose persuading her for this night to yield her watch to another she accompanied me home spreading a pallet for my children i arranged the little room for her reception and a sounder night's rest i doubt if she ever enjoyed 
besides many other persons two ladies of high respectability were now almost hopelessly ill troubles of their own prevented many of their friends from assistance but in several cases families resolutely closed their doors and embargoed themselves completely these had as yet escaped sickness one of these ladies had for several days been nursed entirely by her husband and waiting-maid both of these were exhausted and dr macleod begged miss in for god's sake to go and take her place at the bedside of mrs c who would die if not carefully watched without hesitation she complied and her time for days was divided between mrs c and mrs w the aunt of fanny who was lying in the last extremity one day a request came to me to know if i would sit up that night with mrs w miss n was worn out and no help could be procured accordingly after seeing my little ones in bed and placing the infant in its father's arms our servants were both ill i proceeded to the house of major w one look was sufficient to convince me that the unfortunate sufferer could not possibly survive her nephew dr m and myself sat silently in the gloomy death-chamber until after midnight it was necessary then for one to return home and miss n was again called to the performance of her most disinterested duty mrs w died the next night leaving a void in the hearts of her numerous friends that her virtues alone can fill no sir de charite ever devoted herself more unreservedly to the performance of her holy duties than did miss n in this season of pestilence no living creature in the community had any claim upon her and had she herself been laid on the bed of suffering it is hard to tell where even she would have found a home or where a friend to tender her the hundredth part of the attentions she had so lavishly bestowed on others verily many daughters have done virtuously but thou excellest them all at the other extremity of the town for the pestilence had now usurped every quarter resided two brothers and a nephew the three were stretched on the bed of sickness two were taken and one left it was necessary to remove the bodies at once from the house and they were conveyed to the methodist meeting-house until coffins could be made our town at all events had one advantage over this great babylon its inhabitants were not horrified by the awful display of an undertaker's shop the methodist meeting-house stood on the common not a house near it as it was impossible to hire attendance my husband after assisting at the house of the brothers took up his solitary watch with the dead smoking the whole time in order to dissipate the heavy atmosphere of the building at twilight the funeral took place and during this time a lady and a stranger died in the house opposite to that in which laid the surviving brother this is but a faint sketch of the terrors and trials of that dismal period gradually health was restored to our borders with a few exceptions females invariably recovered as did men of temperate habits the intemperate were cut down speedily and surely the disinterested attentions of the navy surgeons could not be too highly appreciated not one would receive compensation for services which elsewhere money could scarcely buy our time and our duty are our countries was the uniform reply of these generous and most skilful men as soon as practicable a subscription was opened for the purchase of a set of surgical instruments to be presented to dr macleod upon their reception from the north a meeting of the citizens was called and the thanks of hundreds of grateful hearts together with the box were presented to him who unshrinkingly faced death in its most terrible form without expectation of honour or reward honour to whom honour is due the devoted sister of charity and the fearless sons of the ocean 
End of section five.